0: I'm really on a journey where we are shrinking our way to success. We want to knock it out of the park for people, but I don't want to say yes and do no. So we would rather say
1: no thank you. I think whenever you say no to the bad jobs, you're saying yes to the right
0: jobs, right? I'm sitting here as living proof. I am growing my business with no.
1: companies, lasting partnerships, powerful events. Welcome to the Experience Builders Podcast. Chris, it's a good day to wake up and say no, right?
0: Well, you sound like my Vatican I Catholic mother, uh, <laughs> Cleo, because... I heard that the three Griffin brothers heard that uh, every day for a very long time when we were younger. But I know what you mean in a business capacity. But yes, I still get a little shudder when I, I hear that. As long as you don't precede it with Christopher Ronan Griffin, no, right? And, you know, that's when I know that I've done something wrong. Yeah, no, I, and just like that, everybody, just like that, all our listeners know my middle name. I think.
1: <laughs> that's great. No, we're going to talk about growing with no today and just the value of no. Um, Have you ever seen the movie Yes Man with uh, Jim Carrey?
0: I have. Oh, man.
1: Great, hilarious movie. And I I think in many respects, there are definitely times in your life where you should be saying yes. Like if you're a recluse and depressed, like maybe say yes to some people some more and get out and do things like he was in the movie. But um, also I want to caveat this because I know there's probably some younger listeners out here and in my, I firmly believe that as a, as a young person, you should be saying yes to a lot of opportunities, obviously still be selective, but you don't know what you don't know. And so trial and error, learning the hard way, finding out what you like just by doing a ton of things I think is great. So that's my caveat here, but we're talking about grow. Grow with no, and we'll get more into that mindset uh, and really understanding why no is so important. But I wanna hear from you, you know, as a business owner, when did you learn that saying a quick yes was probably not the best way to approach things?
0: Oh, listen, um, and by the way, you just you brought up a great point about some of the young, you know, early developing uh, business professionals in our industry. I'm thinking in particular about straight commission salespeople, right? Which is, which is, I was saying yes to everything as a straight commission sales, because no, you know, saying no to a deal or saying no to a customer, puts you in a position to not sell something, which means I wasn't getting a check at the end of the month and I needed to pay rent, right? So, um, the pro, (laughs) I think we, you know, when I was younger, I would say no but it was always followed by the word problem. So I'd say, no problem. <laughs> right. So when they needed it delivered in an unreasonable time, no problem. We can make that happen. If they're well, you know, it's a little beyond our budget, but if you can make it happen for this, you go, Oh, well, that shouldn't be a problem, right? No problem. Um, I was using no the wrong way, uh, because I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to say no. Fast forward now, I think um Well, let me stay on the vein of our our salespeople. Once you develop a book of business, right? And you've got a group of clients and you're you're able to, your income is not threatened like mine was back then with the term no. um, It's easier to say the word. And really, Mm -hmm. it's liberating because if you can honestly say it when you're supposed to, you're probably helping your customer. You're definitely helping your your company. But... um, you know, part of your job is to look for orders that are a good fit uh, and and you know clean projects, so you can stack up wins and 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 you know help your help your clients with their solve their problems and with their events. And um, just saying yes to everything is not a good way to do that. So as I moved into management and ultimately into ownership, it really was it was the lessons learned from saying yes to your point when you shouldn't have. You had interviewed me early on in our podcast about, you know, what was the biggest project I ever screwed up or that we Man. ever just held on. And there were signs everywhere that we probably shouldn't have said no along the way. And we didn't for, you know, all the wrong reasons. But, um, you know, as if you've been listening to the Experience Builders podcast, you know that I'm really on a journey where we are, Man. um, i was about to say shrinking our way to success we are just being much more intentional about who we're the projects that we're accepting Mm -hmm. um that we can we want to knock it out of the park for people but um i don't want to i don't want to say yes and do no so we would rather say this no thank you this is probably not the right fit for us um and and you know you can find a a better fit elsewhere so um And it's been liberating. And what we have found is since we've said no, we really are growing our business with the word no. Um, We're more profitable. We're happier. Mm -hmm. The projects are more successful. The clients, our partners are happier. Um, But it's just, it's, you know, it's understanding. And there's a whole nother conversation about, you know, those last minute requests. And we get them on the show floor all the time, Khalil. How do you say no to... My customer's customer, my partner's customer, without saying no, because when you say no, you can, you know, the energy gets very negative. They think you're uncooperative. It's not that. I just want to save you from yourself. Yeah. Right. Um. But to your point, yeah, this is not a word I'm afraid of anymore in our strategy and our business vocabulary. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people can be
1: afraid of it, and typically, when they're when you're afraid to say no, it's Usually, because you either don't have a lack of clarity about who you are and what you do, like what your specialty is, what your niche is, what you're focused on, uh, or you're chasing revenue and not profit. You're just saying yes because you see that dollar sign at the front end and don't understand the impact of the expenses you're going to incur on that project. And how- by
0: the way, if the what do you know companies Khalil that when they do that, I don't necessarily think that's a greedy thing. It's no. what it, but it's indicative of other challenges or problems you have in your business when you feel you have to go take on that project you should be saying no to why is that well sweating i I think the most common
1: the the most common one chris is the death spiral right where you you are literally you you've you've done a really good job at sales but you need to get those sales in the door because the deposits that you're going to get are funding the work that you're doing on the jobs that you're pushing out the door And so you have to keep that spiral going. I know so many people that have gone through that and it literally will run you into the ground because as soon as you don't have a month of sales, your operations are just out of whack and you're going to, you're going to ruin every job.
0: If you're in business long enough, I, you know, you've been, I've been that, you've been that guy. I've been that guy. It is, it is very difficult to break that cycle once you're in it. So best to just not. Be in it. Grow well, slowly. Yeah, you're going to hit um, it
1: at some point, probably. If you're a business owner, just learning the hard way, unless you have a finance yeah. background, <laughs> uh, that's typically where the people that you know don't do it. But most entrepreneurs, most business owners, are fairly optimistic, and they'll you know chase the yeses, and then they'll realize, oh, this isn't sustainable, you know. So I think ultimately those are a lot of the reasons. It's just a lack of clarity on their identity or their numbers and not knowing what's profitable, what's not, um, or they're just chasing that revenue because they see it and they're like, oh, that's great. And, and they're you know not really seeing that, oh, wow, I'm chasing this revenue. You know, a, a good thing to realize, Chris, is when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else because we have capacity, yeah. right? So when you say yes, you're doling out your capacity. Well, now there's a lot of things you're saying no to, personally and professionally, right? Um, yeah. So- I think whenever you say no to the bad jobs, you're saying yes to the right jobs,
0: right? You know, do do you know any? So this is an interesting conversation. Do you know any business owners that say no for the wrong reason? And I'll and I'll give you. I'm thinking of when I first moved to um, Orlando, Florida. I looked at um, joining a, a small exhibit dealership uh, company. Uh, with the intent of becoming the owner of it. Um, But the owner said no to everything. And what I learned was, and ultimately I passed on acquiring the business because um, the the impact that that had on the culture. He was five or six years away from a retirement age. Mm -hmm. He wasn't willing to take risks anymore. He wasn't inspired to grow the, the company and do innovative things. He just wanted to protect the asset and the income that he had. And so all the great people that came through his doors had left. Mm -hmm. The ones that were remaining, um, were there for a paycheck, but they were, they weren't the best of breed talent. And when, so when I would just, when I was sort of interviewing the whole group and I said, well, what do you, what do you, what do you think about this? we could do this and we could do this for the business. And they said, yeah, you're never going to be able to do that because you're going to hit the bob wall. Yeah. And the bob wall was that, they, yeah, they're never, he's never going to prove it. Or he's never going to. Th- and I said, well, no, but it would happen if I were to come in there like, yeah. and they didn't believe me. And yeah. so I thought, wow, look what no did to this culture. So I, I would say, um, I'm sitting here saying it's a very strategic word and methodology today of how I'm managing my business, but w- eyes wide open about um, the negative impact, right? It yeah. could have on a business culture. I,
1: I think it's really, cl- you, got, you got to be clear that like when you're growing with no, it's so that you can focus and it's so that you can focus on your best yes. And that yes. means that you are giving, you found something that- Let me
0: write that down. My best <laughs> yes.
1: There's a book oh, I- about that. It's more of a a woman's book. Um, it, it's written by a famous woman author a, It's empowering to women, but I think it applies to everything, the best yes. And I think, um, you know, for for business owners, when you're giving your best yes, it means that you're focused on something that's profitable, that's maybe meaningful and challenging to you as a business owner. And not only that, it's got maybe a mission and a vision behind it that you've got people rallying behind and you know that this is a cause that's worth fighting for, that we can really go to bat for every day and will be profitable to all parties involved, including the people that we're serving, right? So I think... I think that's really where it comes in. And, and to go back to your your point about the wrong nose, I think as business owners and even as individuals, we all have a pain line. Dan Martell has a great book on this um, called Buy Back Your Time. But he talks about how business owners have a pain line. And we've all been there. I know you and I have been there, Chris, where things are just like, I'm going to explode because I can't handle the stress right now, the stress of... Mm you know not being able to meet payroll one month and and you know the lines of credit stacking up or you know the tasks on your plate the projects that you're juggling the client requests and concessions that you're having to make it just stacks and stacks and stacks and once we cross that pain line we kind of make a subconscious internal vow that we're never going to get past that again you know and so your example the bob wall bob is at a comfortable place <laughs> and you're yeah, about to yeah. ruin it do not make <laughs> me cross this pain line that i'm at i'm, I'm at my threshold and so I think the reality as of the business owner, if you're saying no because you're beating up against your pain line, you, you're doing too much still. You need to hire someone to take, off, take things off of your plate so that you're not near your pain line, so that you can focus on some of these new yeses potentially that are great opportunities to partner with someone or take on a new line of work or open a new division, um, whatever it might be, right? But those are the, maybe the wrong. You're you're saying no for the wrong reasons. But if your reason is because we're focusing and we're giving our best, yes, then I think you're in a good spot.
0: You know, I'm thinking about how do you qualify yes? Because yeah. you, you, we were talking uh, at the break before, and you'd ask. You said you'd ask. You know, why are you so quick to? Why are we so quick to say yes at our companies? And I started thinking about even now at the, the level I'm at in my company new vendors are constantly pushing us to use them and try them, right? It's yeah. a freight vendor or it's a graphics vendor or an AV company. And and we've met at a conference like EDPA Access, right, which just took place. And, you know, I'm very clear on, you know, and very loyal to the partners that we have. But a lot of my people, right, in, in, my, in our world, right, senior project managers very often can they're empowered to try somebody new. They don't have to get permission, but they're quick to. So I think the pressure of, you know, aggressive vendors is one thing. Um, how about, uh, it seems like more than ever donations to personal causes, mm. um, whether it's an individual's family or, you know, a, a larger organization, um, and we may not have budgeted for that. And the thing is if that happens 10 or 12 times a year. That's a significant amount of money, which ultimately can affect something else that you did plan for. Right. Um, I think the one I I feel again at my in my position unproven uh, unproven to my company or unproven return on investment marketing and advertising spends mm. right and you know if what you're doing is working or if you have a plan I don't want to be close minded to new things but You know, I'm I'm much more apt to now to say no if I don't understand it or I don't really fully understand how it can help us achieve what we're trying to for our customers and our own company, then I'm you know, I'm I I hesitate and you can name drop all the other people that are using it at the end of the day. It doesn't mean it makes sense for me. But I mean, how do you do you have a process where you that you think even quickly to qualify yes?
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that you can you can think about and it uh, dep- depends on if you're talking about you personally as the business owner or your company as a whole, or if you're talking about qualifying projects. You have a good process, don't you, for qualifying projects? Like you got some good we do, questions.
0: We have a formal go, no go.
1: Yeah. So we, what is that process? We'll start with that one.
0: Well, um, so again, it used to be, again, back when, if you're just a, the commissioned salesperson back in the day, right? The decision to pursue a project was how much time I wanted to put into it because it was my time, and I had to believe in it. But I, I wasn't thinking about the production of it. Now that pr- events and projects have become more complex, so now um, when a request comes in, we're ch- we're checking the calendar time of year, right? If I if you're asking me in the in the middle of the January run for for a a Vegas project. And I know right now in early December, what our CES dance card, which in the second week goes right into the SHOT Show, which goes right into the world of concrete. I I know what the general calendar looks like, but then I can look at our production calendar. So I'm looking at calendars going, what's our capacity? Number one. Number two, what's the complexity? is this stuff that we already own and what we do every day and we can, it's a, it's a high percentage win or, you know, is this going to be the big custom shaped thing made out of tempered glass and um, integrating a lot of client products and it's got a lot of electrical and electronic work. And, you know, anyway, so there's, so the series of questions that we're asking ourselves, even before a client discovery call is um, what's our capacity? How are we looking on the calendar? Where is the location at? Do we have the assets already in city? If we have to bring those assets in, um, is there, by the way, budget is a big one. Is there a realistic budget to achieve this? Not just to build it, but to deliver it, which has a lot of support services. It's the other thing. How much of this has show services that really we don't touch? Hanging signs where it's rigging, right? Electrical AV, running water, things that we will have to. There's risk to us to to take the responsibility of, but there's really not a profit opportunity for us there. So, anyway, there's there's the intent, the, the graphic um, uh, output. Um, what's the artwork? Well, it hasn't been created yet. Yeah. So there's that's a that's another TikTok, TikTok, TikTok time bomb that potentially could throw out. So we ask, those are all things where we want to get all that information so within 24 hours we can come back and go, you know, we'd love to do this with you because we see a, a high percentage yeah. chance of of wowing you. Well, um, yeah, and having that checklist. We, we want to
1: tap out before we get in the ring, Khalil, yeah. if we just don't think it's a good. Having that checklist is so valuable. Just, hey, you do not say yes to an opportunity before you go through this checklist. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's like seven points. Does it fit this? If not, it's not a good fit, right? And I think one thing that I would add to your list there, um, that I always talk about with people is, um, the stakeholders that are involved. Like yeah. there's certain things that you can just read on a sales call that, Hey, this person's going to be a nightmare to work with. They're unorganized. They're all over the place. They're going to be throwing in all these last minute things. They're going to be calling me at all hours of the t- hours of the night, save your team, the headache of dealing with some of these people who are just aren't a good fit because they're not organized enough to do this business. They need somebody else to handle the the ins and outs of the project, not us, right? We, I, I always say, if you're not charging for project management as a service, then you're probably not profitable on some of these jobs because yeah. the, the, the handholding and the project management of it that with all the scope changes that are gonna happen, if you're not charging for those things, then don't do it. Right. Right. So, right. I, I think I think that's a a great thing. The checklist that you ran through opportunities. I think there's other things like vendors that you mentioned that you need to have a qualifying list for those vendors too. How do we know that this is the right fit? Um, yeah. So
0: if it's if it's a sizable project for us, I you know I just I just I can look at the circle of offices that it that the input we want to get from. So there's right. um, there's production. Right there's field operations. Um, they're going. This is going to be a 20 man labor call, at a time we're running 45 men already that week, right? So and by the way, maybe you haven't heard. It's a bit of a labor challenge out there. Right <laughs> so so I want to get their input. Project management. What's our capacity mm-hmm. with existing jobs? Um, finance. Um, are we background check? Do we know anything about the financial? payment history of this partner that's come to us. Um, So, you know, we, we sort of make the rounds and, and just test it And I'm not saying we do it on every project, but if you're gonna, um, you, you know what a normal project is and you know what something that might be a stretch project company. So, um, well, yeah, I, again, we've learned to say no, um, in moments, even if it's a doubtful, we don't, we don't lean in and go, well, it's doubtful. But, you know what? we should we you know, yeah. we're supposed to be going for. it. Remember, intentional, let's grow our business. and you, you know, how many times have we all talked ourselves into taking it on when you, you know we just know that maybe not, yeah, not, not this time. I
1: think uh, one thing with those stretch projects, I've seen this where companies will take on a project that's like five x what they've ever done, uh, because yeah. there was a huge top line number. And the challenge with that is, you've never done that before. And the types of things that pop up that on that size of a project, like if you have problems on your current projects and this one's 5X, just 5X your problems, you know what I mean? And not only that, you mentioned like the, the labor challenges. Let's say yeah. you do hire people for this job, this one 5X, are you filling more of these size jobs down the pipeline? If not, yeah. now you've got mouths to feed that you're not going to be able to
0: feed in whenever this project wraps up, you know? You talked about this at another, in another call. And so the 5X project, and you think that's 5X more than what you're normally doing in your pretty active month. What you don't realize is, you know, what's your capacity as a company? Yeah. Because if you take it on and what you're really doing is now you have an inability to do, all the other work that you had scheduled or that you're normally doing which oh by the way are probably your best customers mm-hmm. your most regular customers right so is it really additional work or are you replacing your your best customers and your best work because you you know there's a bit of a vanity play here because you know of the prestige either of the brand or the location or what it is so i you're right. Those are all, um, and but and so when we do the go, no go, that's my job. That's yeah. senior staff's job is to look at it at that, you know, above the treetops and recognize what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Uh, yes. Wouldn't it be great to take that on and have that in our portfolio or to add that revenue, but at what cost?
1: At what cost? Well, something we haven't really talked about is the team aspect in protecting your team. I mean, Yes, you know when you've said yes, and you down the line, you're like, man, we shouldn't have done this, or this isn't a good fit. But your team knows it too, right? Like, have you, what is it like for your team whenever they feel protected by you saying no to things that they have no business doing?
0: By the way, that, that, I find that's one of the things that strengthens culture. Yes. When that team feels me come to them and include, and guys, what do you think here? I mean, because, I've had a team members that I've had a team that's talked me into something that I thought was a warning at the end of the day, you know, and those are the ones that are really worthy of group discussion. You know, they're saying yes, there's no, the ones that are beyond no, the ones that are, are you out of your mind jobs, right? They don't, that's not really a a discussion. We all know when we shouldn't be doing that, but um, yeah, when, when we're uncertain and i love those actually when i go to my team in the early stage and i'm going to field ops the leader and the, the production guy and pms and and we're talking it through and and we cuz everybody wants to do a great job for the partner that's bringing us a project so we we're not wanting to say no but we we just we just want to really we want to make people feel great about their decision to choose us right so um yeah so I think that's a the, getting them included and not just me not just putting my emperor hat on and going I'm making this decision and we're not going to do it. Yeah. Um that can be demoralizing if you don't talk it through.
1: Yeah and and share that news with your team when you yes you did say no hey I, I we said no to this and here's why it it yes. it helps. They're like wow I'm that I appreciate that that I'm being yeah. protected from work that I don't want to be doing because it's It's not something I know how to do. Or, you know, a lot of times as a business owner, you're building the plane while you're flying it. You know, you're opening up that new division while you're still doing the job for the first time and figuring out the margin and figuring out the systems to make it work. And that's the reality of it. And that's okay. But if you do too much of that at once, your team is really feeling the brunt of that. Right.
0: Is there a danger, Khalil, of saying no? too often and it impacts your culture in a way so those again in my in our business a lot of times it's it's account managers or project managers mm-hmm. um they're quick to say no because um i don't know they don't want to stretch for it make i that's that's the thing i worry about a lot is are we getting ourselves in a place where it's too easy to say no which by the way you ha- we need new business, right? We need to grow our business, yeah. we need profitable jobs, but maybe, well, this might be harder than I wanna work. Well, you know, yeah, I don't know that's you, triggering a different you problem. Don't want people, I, I've seen that where it can affect the culture yeah. in a way that I don't like.
1: Yeah, well, especially if you're not full uh, with your capacity. If your capacity is not full, then right. yeah, let's start okay. saying yes, but hopefully you're full, of your capacity is near full and it's like, hey, we, we really don't need to be saying yes to more uh, types of projects. We need to be saying yes to the right projects only, right? Um, and you know that's the sign of a healthy, healthy pipeline, healthy culture, um, healthy business. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think personally. T- typically, you see way more often that the problems they're saying yes to too much, not they're saying no to too much. Um, I would say that's the more common problem, right? So I, I want to hear a little bit about the respect aspect, because from your side, like when you have said no to some of these people, like you tell, maybe even tell your story of um, your uh, your bagels and muffins uh, meetings with, with Dan visiting offices. The breakup tour. Yeah, the breakup tour. Why don't we start with, let's talk about that and maybe even the respect that was seen from some of your clients when you did that.
0: So uh, this was, um, we really, and if you think about why that, Breakup tour happened we had just we were at our wits' end with ourselves we'd exhausted ourselves there was there was very little joy in our day jobs anymore. We were just we were the gerbil on the wheel and we were running fast. Uh, I think that year uh, I think it was twenty eighteen we were we did business with three hundred and eighty one customers. We were saying yes to everybody um, because we thought more revenue was going to get us to Shangri-La. We thought that was the answer to the, the the things we wanted, whether they be new facility or vehicles, paying people more money, whatever it was, you know, you got to sell more, right? So that was our, and we just, um, we weren't paying attention to the type of work it was. We weren't honest with ourselves about who we are and who we're not. So our place was just, I, I, you know, what it was like, um, the visual I have and that I use with my team is, um, you know, is an, is, is the, an empty parking lot at like the, the biggest mall in your town on a Sunday, you know, all these parkings was, and there's no valet. And so projects would just drive in and camp out. And at some point the parking lot got full and they weren't necessarily the kind of shoppers we wanted. They were just camped out and, uh. Yeah. Or they were buying things that we weren't selling or or that we weren't good at and we were trying to accommodate them. Anyway, so we finally, we said, I want the joy back. And uh, let's, so we went on a tour in uh, about eight or nine cities where, you know, we could see six or eight of our partners, you know, driving after financing. And we said, we are here to just brought in breakfast and catered lunches and said, here's who we are and here's who we're not. So it's funny, the ones that were sending you the kind of camp out in the parking lot work that you didn't really want, they knew who they were. So I remember in one, you know, 10 of them in a, in a conference room, a Panera breakfast and, and the head of project management was listening to me. And she just said, wait a minute, are you, are you breaking up with us? Are these breakup muffins? And we said, we're we're not breaking up with you. We're telling you exactly who we are and who we're not, and who we're no longer going to be. Is it's just um, it's just not a win win, and, yeah. and we just can't we can't be that for you anymore. And Cleo, it was it just was liberating. It felt fantastic, and it was scary, right? Because oh, in the end, the following year, we cut our the number of companies we did business was dropped by fifty percent. So in that six week tour. of our customers were gone and we just didn't know what was going to happen. You know what happened? Mm -hmm. We, To your point, it forced us to be more creative in pursuit of the yeses, Mm -hmm. right? We got, um, we ended up growing. Our our top line revenue grew 15% the following year, which was a good year. Everybody grew in 2019. But our profits just soared. And um, we were just, we were doing business with, we better projects from mm. ultimately a better fit customer for us. And so that's, that put us on the path. Pandemic kind of knocked us off, but that's, we've stayed true to that and really gotten more focused and improved how, you know, how we do business, our processes and procedures improved. Yeah. Um, we expanded our offering. We we made a, a deep investment in inventory and equipment to better serve so we could get the better projects. And it was, we were on our way. And once you're there, man. You just don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. You just don't.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, it it allows you to just have margin in so many ways: margin in your numbers financially, margin in your capacity, margin in
0: the way we're hiring better people, we're paying better, we're paying more. Exactly. Um, I mean, everybody wins when you the domino effect of of that decision of accepting no as Mm -hmm. party vocabulary and really better defining what yes projects look like. And, and I mean, we just got better in all areas of our business and I would encourage, I don't care if you're a salesperson pursuing your own book of business, I think you could apply these same disciplines. If you're a small dealer and you're working out of your house and you're getting ready to take a leap to, you know, your first space or your next hire, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think all of this matters that you just, just, I would caution anybody from just chasing Revenue for the sake of revenue—it's—it's—it's got to be a, a good fit. Even if you're the broker, you know, even if you're not and you're outsourcing it, you—you you, um, yeah. There's a whole another episode we could probably do on vendor selection and, yeah. and how you choose those and the right partners. But yeah, well, so when you went through that process, you were using the
1: eighty-twenty principle in some capacity, right? I was. So let's define what the eighty-twenty principle is, but then also, you know. How how you can implement that across
0: the board? So by eighty twenty now, do you mean it's a project? Send me a hundred thousand. We'll use eighty and maybe send you back twenty if we don't use it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah that's not just
1: the generosity no. of your the goodness <laughs> of your heart.
0: <laughs> um, you know we. I think everybody, if you just right now run a list of your run your run your customers from the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. And run the names of the customers and how much business you did with them. Absolutely. If you have um you have a you know, if you have hundred companies you did business with, right? If you draw go 20 down and draw a line, and I'm betting you're gonna have 70, 80 percent of your revenue came from those top 20. Yep. So that's kind of what we did. And then we took it a little further. We said, is there anything we can learn about the profile of those types of people in that category? And for us, what came out of a Khalil was we identified three types of customers, partners, that were in that category for us. One was very large exhibit houses that ultimately could, could build anything they want in their own shop, but we became the overflow shop. Either, a, either hey, we're strategically located, so on tight budget projects, they're going to use the those forward deployed guys in Las Vegas or Florida yeah. Um, or hey, they're at capacity and we know these guys can, we can lay some work off. Now that was number one. Number two was small to mid-size exhibit houses or, or, or resellers who didn't necessarily have an inventory that they could build their own stuff with, or maybe they were located in a secondary market, not a major convention city. Um, and they needed, they needed a fulfillment team in that city where most of their clients' events took place. That is a huge part of our, 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 our top 20% client base. And the third was, um, experiential agencies that don't make anything and they just need partners. Mm -hmm. And again, we strategically, we chose the two busiest event cities, business event cities in North America to set up shop in. So they would find us and they have really interesting um, event type stuff. It could be their own a tech user conference. It could be a product launch. It could be, it very often wasn't, was, is not just a trade show booth. And that's a market we felt was important for us to start to stretch and flush our legs. And so when I look at our, our, t- our top 20%, 80% of our business was coming from, um, that was the profile of those three. There's other people we found in there, but um profiles, but that so part of what we looked at was not just who they are,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but can we identify the profile of that type, and then as we go looking for to expand our partner base we we now know the profile of what we're looking for. Does that make sense? yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely and i think i mean did did you ever i think it was um I think it was Malcolm Gladwell talked about the 80-20 principle. There's a lot written on it, but he talks, he tells about this the, the scientist who developed the principle. It's like a natural thing. Um, he talked about how he grew peas or green beans, some sort of vegetable, and it applied there. 20% of the crop of the actual plants produced 80% of the seeds of the actual the like yield. beans. Yield. Yeah. You know? And so it's a natural thing. And I mean, I, I love just looking at that principle. But I think one thing that applies to the you know, grow with no mindset is that you should be saying no more often because if the 80 20 principle applies to the opportunities that come your way as well. Like if you're not saying no,
0: then you're not charging enough. Just. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. So you're a guy like me. Yep. And you've been in the industry 35 years. You've got a lot of professional friends mm-hmm. that you've made through a variety of ways. Um, you get a phone call from that professional friend that you haven't heard from in ten years. You're really not doing any business, um, and they're in a nine one one situation, which happens, right? Learning is growing with no. Also, for us, meant getting out of the nine one one exhibit <laughs> business. But you don't want to. You don't want to hurt the feelings, or you don't wish ill on you know, and a, a professional acquaintance. You know, how do you say no with empathy and kindness in those moments? Yeah.
1: Man, Chris, this is a, it, I feel for you, man. I don't know how you got here this, Can
0: I give them your cell number? Would you take those
1: calls Yeah, I'll me? take them. And this is how it hit it.
0: Chris, how,
1: man, I know you're <laughs> coming to me with this last minute thing. This is tough. I'm looking at it right now, so let me just make sure I understand it. You need this, buy this, at this place and this is your budget. I'm just, I'm looking at this and I wanna find a way that not only can I serve you, but that this can be a win-win for our team. And it's just the, it's just not making sense to me. It, is there a way that we can make this a win-win for me to help you? If not, maybe I can reach out to people that this might be able to work for and help you out. But this just isn't a, I don't see how we're yeah. gonna win on this one.
0: You're, you're, you're dead on, by the way, you're I think you're dead on. And in the end, what often comes out of that discussion, and I remember particularly a call on a Sunday, not yeah. that long ago, and this person said, "I just didn't, you know. Well, of course I want. To, I'd love to catch up with you, but that's not why you're calling, right? But you just said, and but in the end, I just didn't know who else to call or try. I'm literally trying everything because I'm in a tough situation, and." I don't, and yet in the moment, I would hope that that friend, yeah, right, would would be able to realize what they're sounding like, Khalil. because what you're realizing and you you realizing you're calling me with a with a high, an impossible project, and you're just hoping what I've got a I've got a hail mary pass yeah.
1: here. Well, I think if um, if it's truly a friend relationship, also. You can you can sit there and say, "Hey, I
0: haven't heard from them in ten years." Oh wow, this is what I'm saying. By the way, and you'd be surprised. And I know there are listeners on this call that have been in you know the industry, even if you're in as half as long as me. We all this is such a close community. Yeah. Um. I I got it's funny. I got a call. He's probably going to know who it is, but he 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 just sent me a text two days ago, and he said, "I know you don't like the nine one one calls." but I'm in a situation. <laughs> um, and he had, he had been down at access and he had said to me where he said, he, fin- he, 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 he said, you know, he ended the text with, please let me know if there's anything you can do. After all, we are family, which was <laughs> the walk-up music I chose. Oh, uh, okay. I was, with my Grace, I was like, wow, very clever. The way that you've all, you framed that. And of course I did investigate to see if there's anything I could do because sure. he is a real friend and of course yeah. I'll do anything for him. I think we well, all and you know. The reality is there's
1: it's not like you've got only friends reaching out to you that you're saying yeah. no to. You know, and by saying yeah. no to some of the opportunities that are just out there and that aren't with close relationships it allows you to then say yes to specific situations like this where you do want to help somebody. And yes. you can be selective in those opportunities, right? But when you're saying yes to all these crazy opportunities that are out there that make no sense for you, you're not able to help in these 911 situations when a friend calls. And if you do, it's that one that puts you over the limit, right? So yes. you need to have that margin. I think, um, man, let's do a quick recap of everything here. We're getting close to time. I think there's, there's a lot that people can take away from this. At the end of the day, you need to know who you are you Need to know what qualifies as a win for you, and right. you need to be able to say no to anything that doesn't fit for you.
0: Um, and 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 acknowledge why, right? Yeah, it's it's the why of the no. I, I mean, it's not to be. Well, that just sounds really yeah. uncooperative. No, it's it's just get out of the mindset of just chasing anything that comes your way. I I've heard I heard people at this conference say we really don't say no to anything or to anybody. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you just. You know, you're just if you think about it, we all say no um to the impossible yeah. situation or the low problem. Well, and, and there's companies
1: out there, like for example, there's a company out there, Chris, that call that's called Three Day Kitchens. And they will renovate your entire kitchen. I'm talking gut it, put everything in new in three days, or it's free. That's their guarantee. But wow, the kitchen costs Nearly the price of your house. I was just going to say, I bet they're not lowest bidder. No, they are definitely not the lowest bidder because they're they're in the they're looking for the people that are like Thanksgiving is next week and we're hosting, and we need a new kitchen. <laughs> that's their target audience, and so they'll yeah, they that's who they're saying yes to. They're saying yes to these nine one one emergencies, but but if they are the SEAL
0: Team Six, they literally kitchen- are.
1: That's what they are.
0: Then, then do not ask me um to negotiate price yeah. right and by the way, there is a market out there for that, I think we all know yeah
1: that. and and that's the thing too many too much of the time it's saying yes, and then not not adjusting your price is pretty much as simple as it is, like hey yeah, we will do that, but it's three x our normal rate, you know or whatever it is
0: well to your to your point of you know on the on the recap your your um, I'm sitting here as living proof. I am growing my business with no. I really am, and and I. So to add to your to your recap, um, I think understanding why you're saying no matters. I think making sure your team knows why. I think when you include them in the again for us, it's a there's a go no go step before even before the discovery call with the client. In other words, we really are emotionally committed by the time we schedule that, that first engagement on the discovery with the client. We're gonna, you know, somebody's gotta get enough information so we can make that decision. Yeah. At the very least, the discovery meeting is about us coming back with 20 new, better questions um, that we know we have to have to fully commit, Yeah. right? But um, yeah, I just, um, it's been good for our culture. Yeah. It's, um, and it's been, and by the way, we're never saying no. Almost, we just start saying no to our our eighty twenty customers. Sure, that are the, the twenty, right? Because they don't put us on that ride like a casual walk up mm-hmm. requester does. Yeah, um, hey, I got your name from so and so, and they told me that you're. And at the end, I you know what? You're just you're you're absolutely looking for a lifeguard as your client is drowning. Right now, mm-hmm. right. So that's not the time to, you know, track
1: down the lifeguard. Yeah, for sure. Well, in recap, um, saying no more regularly it's going to allow you to focus in your business. It's going to keep you sharp. It's going to allow you to manage your resources, both time and money. Um, it allows you to maintain your company vision and stay focused on you know where you're trying to go as a company. It builds respect between you and the client because they under they they appreciate you saying no honestly, but also with your team. Uh, because it makes them feel protected and, uh, not like you're just throwing things their way just to throw them their way. then, you know, when you have that margin, it allows you to have more innovation and creativity yeah. inside your business as well. It's good for your got, bottom
0: line. Yeah. It's good it's, for your
1: business. Yeah. That margin's great for you. Um, it, it, you avoid being overcommitted. You're able to do things really well and not slack on jobs because you're over capacity. So, Um, really valuable. Uh, yes, there's absolutely times where you need to be adventurous and say yes to new things, but that's typically not people's problem. It's that they're saying yes to too much and they need to grow with no.
0: So, that's man, great. this has been fun, Chris. Well, great topic. I, As always, I appreciate you bringing it to the table. It was great to unpack this. I think we can uh, serve up some good, good uh, shorts and clips for people that they can use yeah. in their sales meetings and in their their daily uh, routines absolutely well it's
1: been fun uh listeners thank you for joining us again go please subscribe on our website crewxp.com on youtube you can find all of our full episodes our clips and our snippets that are really short on youtube as well as spotify and apple Podcasts wherever you listen to podcasts please subscribe thank you for your support we'll catch
0: you on the next one see you on the next one
1: thanks for listening to the experienced builders podcast Check out our website in the show notes or visit crewxp.com to learn more.